Charlie. Mark, one Charlie. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm full of optimism. Einstein's theory of relativity. And we're still seeing it quite well through that haze. About the future innovations and growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency with your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. It's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fantastic episode of Finding Your Frequency. I am joined today by none other than the awesome executive producer, extraordinaire Tracy Miley. Tracy, what's up, my friend? Everything and everything, my friend. You know, we're uh, we're recording this on a Friday, right? Uh, I love Fridays because a yep. Friday is my busiest day of the week, and for whatever reason, really? I just like to do work. I feel I feel like accomplished at the end of the day, Friday, after I've had my busiest day, and then I get to go home and take a couple of days off. It feels like fulfilling for the end of the week, you know? Yeah, I hear you. I mean, everything kind of comes to a head. You're like. I'm in that mode. I'm getting things done, and you're like, I get a reprieve. <laughs> so it's really nice. It's really nice. Absolutely. Well, we have a bang up show for you guys to listen to today. Uh, you know, as we kind of continue on our themes of you know entrepreneurism, you know, talking to high level CEOs. Uh, you know, people that have walked the walk, talked the talk, been there in, in the past. Uh, you know, the, the last show that you guys listened to, we talked about the entrepreneur mindset uh, with Brian Jenkins, which was like one of the most amazing shows that I've done so far this year. What a what a fantastic gentleman. All the things that he's doing for the community, uh, you know, just just really kudos to him, especially doing it in the south side of Chicago, which everybody knows is a pretty hard place, period. Right. Exactly. Uh, exactly. So, so big kudos to him. Appreciate him for being on the show last week, uh, and, and this week we have a just a, a wonderful uh, president and CEO. Um, she's uh, just so focused. Uh, Sarah Alters, the president and CEO of the Network of Executive Women, a nonprofit learning leadership and gender equality advocacy organization of. 13,500 members representing nearly 900 organizations, 300 plus national and regional corporate partners, and 22 regional groups in the United States and Canada. Love those Canadians. Yeah. Here in Arizona, yeah. I was listening to the news the other day and I, I, I found it highly interesting that um, business partners of the state of Arizona, right? There are two countries specifically that the uh, uh, state of Arizona do import export um, and, and a lot of business with and in my mind I'm like oh the number one has to be Mexico right, right. nope yeah. number one was Canada and number two was Mexico ah. and I was like wow oh, yeah. how interesting is that right uh, yeah. so you know <laughs> gotta, gotta give big props to those Canadians uh, and I also <laughs> give them kudos for dealing with all of that uh, that, what is that stuff that falls from the sky that's like white? Oh, snow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cold stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was double checking my car insurance yesterday and uh, the woman on the phone was like, do you, uh, do you use your pickup truck to plow snow or, or any kind of other business, uh, you know, type things, construction? I'm like, no, no. The only thing we plow here is uh, sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> The occasional death storm, that's right. about it. Sarah, welcome to the show. 
Well, thank you, Ryan. So glad to be here. Yeah, you know, we... uh. We love having great guests like you on the show, uh, people who have, you know, had a long tenure of, you know, different kind of organizational experiences, you know, working your way kind of through life uh, and then ending up where you are, which is why the show is called Finding Your Frequency. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we always like to hear those stories of how people found their frequency in life and in business and, you know, what is their why? Uh, you know, because you don't just roll out of bed every day and go, I'm just going to go make a paycheck. You know, there's there's always so much more motivation behind, uh, you know, what people do, why they do it, how they got there. Um, And, you know, you've had, you know, so much tenure in the background with, you know, Coca-Cola, you know, Chicago Board of Options Exchange, T-Mobile, you know, all these different places that you've been at. So you've kind of uh, in all all different industries, too, which is really cool, right? Because you've kind of seen the gambit of different industries as you've uh, kind of uh, climbed the ladder of life, uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, But let's just kind of take it back a little bit and, and, and tell us how you found your frequency in life and in business and give us that story and that, that, that how you got where you are and why you do what you do. Sure. Yeah, no. And I, and I love that you used the expression, find your why. Um, New is clearly my why. I, one of my favorite quotes, it's a Mark Twain quote, the two most important days in your life. The first is the day you were born and the second is the day you realized why. And Network of Executive Women has truly been my why. I've, I've been now um, leading this just incredibly mission-driven organization and team um, for over three and a half years. And, you know, as you, as you pointed out, you know, most of my career journey prior to that, I was in for-profit, yeah. you know, organizations and, but the common theme in all of them being that they they truly focused on serving someone, right? An individual, a group. You know, I've I've been a servant leader since day one. You know, that's what energizes me. You know, as as you said, that's what gets me out of bed. You know, every morning, and keeps me up at night <laughs> when my mind, you know, won't stop. You know, um, right you know, whirling, but um, it it was just the perfect next step in my adventure um, to join new. You know, I had, you know, personally as a, a female leader, I'd been blessed with just incredible mentors and sponsors and, you know, had had people who'd, who'd really, you know, taken me under their wing and helped me advance and develop as a leader. But then sadly, I'd also had some pretty toxic situations and, you know, encountered some pretty toxic individuals. And so for both good and bad reasons, you know, my role overseeing new now is the perfect next step because I can every day focus on how I make sure that other female leaders experience those positive things that I did, as well as help prevent any of those negative situations from happening to them. Yeah. You know, I, I, I hear what you're saying there because, I mean, I've got a background where I've been in a lot of different places, worked in a lot of different situations, and uh, I can remember, I don't think I ever met one woman that I was working with who didn't have at least one story where it was a toxic right. situation for them. I've yet to meet one who has not had yeah. a 
zero experience that was out there that they, I mean, it's just like, yeah, I worked at this one place and I finally just got tired of it because this was happening or yeah, I was doing a great job. I got kudos for it. But when it came time for promotions, I kept, I couldn't understand why I kept being looked over. They said, great yeah. job, pat on the yeah. head, here's an award. And the next guy over would get the, the promotion. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I did most of the work for that guy. So why yeah. aren't I being recognized yeah. for it? Oh, you got recognized. Here's your award. We think you're great. Keep on doing the same old go to work. And it's like, meanwhile, a person steps over him, a person steps over, another person steps over, and you're like going, huh. So, yeah. I mean, I mentioned when we had a talk earlier, and I mentioned how I have daughters myself. And this is really close and personal to me about what you're doing because I want my daughters to have the ability that when they leave my home and leave the nest and go out there, that they're not going to have to worry about these toxic situations as much because there's people like you who are out there trying to make a difference, trying to get those environments where, hey, yeah, it's not like this. It doesn't have to be like this. Well, and and what's equally important or is is pivotal, right, Mm -hmm. are enlightened male allies like you and Ryan. Right. And, right. and that's right. so much about what our organization does is, you know, we, we call it that top down, you know, bottom up approach. Um, mm-hmm. The bottom up being we, you know, have over, as Ryan had shared, over 13,500 plus and growing members in our new community. And we support them really in two core ways. You know, they engage in these 22 amazing networks across the United States and they play volunteer leadership roles in actually bringing new to life. Um, And so they're able to strengthen and develop this external network that, you know, is so needed to be successful in your business career. You have to have your internal network where you work, but then you need to supplement it with that external network. The second thing we do then is we teach them leadership skills. Women aren't broken, they don't need to be fixed, but they do because they are wired and they've been raised differently. They approach those crucial leadership skills from a, just a unique and different perspective than men. And so we provide that content and curriculum to help train and develop these leadership skills, knowing what are the inherent strengths and advantages that women bring and then what are the opportunities? That's that bottom up, right? Right. The top down then is where we engage incredible male allies like you and Ryan and the entire organization where they work. And we guide them, you know, their leadership team and male allies in providing the right type of culture, right? A diverse, right. you know, an equitable and inclusive culture that sets women up for success. And you know, makes them feel safe, you know, makes them feel welcome, make, makes them feel celebrated, you know, for the right. unique, you know, um, inherent strengths and perspectives that they bring as women, you know, really embraces what mm-hmm. they can bring to the table. Um, so it, 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 it's, you know, it's, it's very much as, as we've heard in countless studies and countless conversations before me that it's there, there are systemic issues at play that have you know historically held women back same thing for um leaders of color right the bipoc community there are systemic issues that are holding these incredible leaders and individuals back right yeah it's i'm good it's right i was gonna say it's and it's and it's really unfortunate that that's the reality that we live in 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and you're right. It's, it's all about having advocates on all sides and, you know, making alliances. And I don't, I don't mean this in a, a threatening type of way of make, you know, we're not, mm-hmm. we're not, we're not, we're not countries going to war. We're not those. Type no. of, I'm just saying, you know, friendships and alliances where, you know, people stand up for each other, you know, um, I'll, right. I'll give you an, right. I'll give you an example. I was doing a, a live show on stereo uh, a couple of weeks ago with a gentleman, and uh, he was he he was making a joke. Like he heard my wife in the background, right? And he was making a joke, but my wife didn't take it as a joke. And he you know he said something really stupid, like you know, are you going to go in the kitchen and make us a sandwich or something like that? I know this guy, and he was totally joking, <laughs> right? But my wife was like. Oh man, she stood up and she was like, yeah. you, you need to get uh, off with this guy. And I'm like, Oh, I'm like, I, I understand. <laughs> I was like, Hey, hey uh, listen, man, uh, you can't, you can't say stuff like that. We need to, you know, have better language skills. And he's like, man, you know, I'm joking around and I'm like, yeah, but you know, yeah, uh, that doesn't fly. those aren't, those aren't the types yeah. of jokes that people yeah. should, be, should be saying, you know, uh, I have a seven year old yeah. daughter, right? And it's, it's like, like Tracy said, it's, it's so important to me that when she leaves the nest, she's able to take care of herself. And that's the, that's the reason why, you know, um, we do, we do karate. That's the reason why I hold her to an extremely high standard with her schoolwork. Yeah. And, um, you know, some, some, sometimes, you know, even my mother will be like, you know, she's only seven. And I'm like, that's not the point. Yeah, the point yeah, is, when do you start? Yeah, the point is, is I want her to leave here being a, emotionally strong, intelligent, physically strong individual, 360 degrees. So that way when she walks out my front door to go tackle the world, that she has all of the skills that she needs. And, you know, I think a lot of times parents will, you know, coddle their children too much. Right. And, 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 yeah. you know, and, yeah. and not allow them to, you know, like yesterday, my, my daughter, I, I caught her on YouTube twice while she was doing online school. Right. And so I'm like, all right, well, you've been on YouTube twice. You know, you're not supposed to do that. You're not allowed to uh, no, no switch for you today. You know, she likes to play the Nintendo switch and uh, mm-hmm. I'm like, no switch for you today. She starts crying, you know? And I, and I told her, I said, you know what? I'm sorry. That's that. That's that's the thing. If you're not going to make good decisions, then these are the consequences for those decisions. And right. And I also told her, you know what? It's okay to cry. If you want to cry about it, that's great. Cry about it, but cry about it quickly and move on. Right. Because yeah. Yeah. So, yeah so, no. And, 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 and it, Ryan, that like so well done because. you know, now more than ever, right, in this entire year that has unfolded, (laughs) which has felt like a century, (laughs) right? Yep. 311 days. Yeah, yeah. You know, we we have this collision of dynamics at play, right? You know, Mm -hmm. you know, medical, economic, you know, financial, political, um, you know, uh, social justice, you know. Yeah. But but the one thing that came out of it was the realization for both men and women that you know vulnerability is a sign of strength you know mm-hmm. vulnerable and humble leaders will be more successful exactly. you know and mm-hmm. emotional connections like it's just crucial you know yeah, to right. to your 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 physical and mental and spiritual health and um 
And I think as, you know, we, we were limited in, in, in that physical interaction and engagement and connection, you know, we had to find a new way to make that happen virtually. But, but I think it's, um, it's been interesting. I've heard more and more stories you shared. We work with over, you know, 900 companies, half the Fortune 500 um, mm-hmm. are, are strong, you know, partners to new. But we've heard more and more stories of male executives saying like wow this was a year of great realization to me right you know they 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 saw it firsthand you know that you know both the mom and the dad you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) had to engage in taking care of the kids as they were being (laughs) homeschooled right you know they they saw you know the struggle and the stress for the working female moms in their team, mm-hmm. you know, trying to juggle it all as it was happening all under one roof. And um, so that vulnerability is is this new leadership skill that both men and women are embracing. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's not it's, it's not yeah. something to downplay either. I mean, it's it's, right. it's truly real. And, and I know, Tracy, you've been dealing with this for a while because you homeschooled your kids before this whole pandemic thing. Still homeschooling. Right. Yeah. For, for, for my wife yeah. and I, um, you know, my, my daughter goes to this crazy accelerated school. She's in second grade doing fourth grade curriculum. Like they're doing, mm-hmm. they're doing math today. Like I, I, I was trying to help her with math yesterday and they do like this crazy common core stuff and I'm having to like go look up YouTube videos so I can understand <laughs> it to like help her, you know? And I'm like, yeah. and I, in my, in my head, because that's the way I was taught. I'm like, this is the longest way of doing math than just doing math the way that I was taught. But then when you watch the YouTube videos and you kind of figure it out, then you understand why they're teaching them this way. Um, and, yeah. and they yeah. teach them that way <laughs> because in future variants of math, right, they don't have to use a piece of paper to, to write anything down. It's all done right there in their head, right? Yeah. Um, you know, understanding oh your, your place values of zeros, ones, tens, hundreds, thousands. Um, and so it was interesting. But to, to, the, to my point, though, um, my wife is, a, is, is, a, uh, is an accountant, bookkeeper, HR, uh, accounting manager. She's been working from home now, like I said, 311 days or something like that. Uh, I'm not counting. I, I probably lost a couple days in there. But um, she knows. It's, it's, <laughs> it, it, and it, hours, too, right? It, it, really, yeah. it really did cause myself and my wife and my daughter, you know, because we're in such close proximity all the time um, with this homeschool you know not really going out and doing many many things other than karate um it caused my wife and i to have to have you know uh, a different level of communication that we didn't have before not that we weren't communicative we've been together for yeah. you know 20 something plus years i'm just gonna kill me because i don't remember the exact number of years but um <laughs> you know you know what ryan i never do either <laughs> I'm just oh like, i don't think that's a male thing yeah, like I'm my just... husband always remembers and i don't and i'm like wait how many years have we been married how long oh i know so, i know yeah. how long we've been married but we've been together since high school and she knows like the you know the the you know the class that we met at and like all of this uh, stuff and I'm like okay I'm like you're my high school I, sweetheart that's as far back as I can go honey I, I, <laughs> I would say this it's because we're not counting because we enjoy every second right we're in the now yeah we're <laughs> exactly. in the now we're not worried about what happened back yeah but yeah. no but you 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 raise a really good point in that um, it's changed you know just radically. The, the, the family dynamics, you know, the household right. dynamics, because 
houses can you know can can be single individuals right mm -hmm. like it's mm -hmm. you know we've we've seen you know clearly in our organization we've you know got uh female and male members you know some some have families some have kids you know some are by themselves some are parenting their parents you know right, right. so there are all sorts of just different you know household slash family dynamics and they've all radically changed but when you look at um there was a, a there's a, a fantastic study that's done every year by mckinsey and the lean-in organization and it's published every year and i believe it's october in the wall street journal and in this study um just you know just a, a plethora of stats and they track the um the advancement and the progress of women in the workplace across multiple industries but what was was just so disturbing about this study this past year was um women working women in this era of of covid primarily and working from home those were the core mm -hmm. factors and then all the ripple effects from it lost six years of progress of advancement so all the work you know all the blood sweat and tears and heart and passion that went into um you know supporting women empowering women advancing women six years of that progress was lost oh my god and when you look at the unemployment numbers it's like women represent you know 90 to 100 percent depending on the given month of those that lost their positions or had to walk away from a position because they couldn't juggle it all. And, and then even more disturbing, but not surprising is primarily women of color. So you're, you're yeah. in the BIPOC and, community. And, and shame on those companies too. I mean, I, I, I that, that drives me nuts. Um, I, I appreciate our company at Voice America because, you know, they did a really cool thing, right? Instead of instead of saying if or, or, or you know, or, you know, you, you do this or else, um, you know, right. there was right. there was a spirit of collaboration. And it was like, you know, like Tracy lives like 8000 miles away from the office. You know, like, uh, like it. it's it's better for him to be working from home, right? He doesn't have to spend yeah. gas money yeah. commuting back and forth. Um, you know, he's there at times of need when, you know, his wife might need some help with the kids while they're doing their homeschooling stuff. There's things that, right. you know, are, are so advantageous uh, about the whole idea of working from home. But when you get an employer who says, you know, no, you have to be at the office and you and you and you put a mother to put a choice between their job and their children and the, mm -hmm. taking care of their children, the mom's going to choose the children 100% of the time. And it's absolutely unfair yeah. for companies yeah. to even put women in those types of positions where they have to make those decisions instead of making a consensus of saying, you know, Hey, I would rather you work six hours a day from home and to still take care of your family than to lose you Right. Because when you don't make a consensus as a business owner, you're basically telling that person that they'd have, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't mean anything to the company that their worth or their value isn't there. And mm -hmm. it drives me absolutely crazy. I want to punch people in the face when I hear stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you also have to keep in mind that when you're talking about that kind of stuff, it affects, I would say, probably more so the lower income who, I mean, if Correct. you start getting up in the higher Correct. income, you start to look at, the capability of working from home is there. 
I mean, yeah. I've worked in corporate environments. I've worked in other jobs where, Correct. okay, yeah, your your job code says you can work from home, but we want you in the office, okay? But then when the pandemic hits, it's like, okay, your job code says you can work from here. We're going to give you stuff you need. Go home, work from my office. No harm, no foul. But if you got somebody who's, say, working in the warehouse, who's all of a sudden going, okay, I physically have to be here. And the organization has the capability of, restructuring enough where, okay, we're going to do something different with a shift so that different people have X number of days off so you can be at home doing those things you need to do and you can work that schedule and cover yeah. that dynamic of yeah. whatever it is that you have at home. There you see that people are working. But I'm going to address another thing that I was kind of wanting to bring up, the dynamic of how, um, and I'm kind of talking a little bit from my own personal experience with working with women and talking with women because, like I said, I have daughters, I'm always wondering how things are working on the other side. Um, I noticed that with women that I've talked to in the past, there's an aspect of, okay, it's almost like the environment is hardwired to the default of, if it comes, worse comes worse, women go home, work in your home and take care of your kids, period. There is no, okay, can we find a compromise or what is it you wanna do? It's more like, go home, you have a family, go take care of it. We, we understand, we don't expect you to work, but if it's a guy, it's like, we expect you to be in here and working. Um, yeah, your wife is, you're married, you have a wife at home, she can take care of it. And it's like, what? But I'm the one that does the cooking and the right. cleaning and everything. And, right. and, and so it's hard to get some <laughs> corporations to realize yeah. that there's a new dynamic here. I mean, Ryan is like I am. I, I do most of the cooking in my home. I've taught my kids how to cook. I can clean. I can do all this stuff. My mom raised me where I didn't have to worry about being married to take care of myself. Self-sufficient. She says, no, my, oh. my sons are going to be this way. But the other thing I found is that... <laughs> There's also that dynamic amongst women, and I want your take on this because being a woman sure. and being in the position you are, I want to know how you address this, or even if you've run into this, where I'll see women, I've had women tell me, I'd rather work for a man than work for a woman. I'm not going, what? Say, no, I'd rather work for a man than work for a woman because I know what I'm working with. I'm like, I don't understand this. I couldn't understand it. It was a weird dynamic for me to hear a woman saying she'd rather work for a man than work for another woman. I'm like, huh. And then I've had other women who've just been like, um, their mentality as far as what they were doing, they worked well with everybody, but when it came to that moment of truth, it was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do what you expect me to do and work and do that home thing instead of, yeah, I like working. I've worked where I've gotten and I'm going to fight to stay in this position and send the guy home. Let him go home and take care of his kids. Let me keep on doing it. I don't have a problem with it. Or, you know, or yeah. they have to make that choice yeah. between family or, okay, do I want to get married now or do I want to get married later? Because if I get married now, it's going to affect my career versus the guy, he goes, I can get married anytime I want to. and It's not going to affect my career. If anything, it's going to affect my career. So what do you have to say <laughs> about those things? All right. So I, I'm going to unpack like three things here. Go you, for it. Tracy, Tracy, I love it. No. So, okay. So first, first and foremost, um, your comment about, you know, we, we, at organizations, leaders, need to provide, you know, an environment that is supportive and flexible to both men and women, right, period. And as you look at the newer generations in particular, you know, it, 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 like you said, you know, we, we, we were all raised, you know, by our parents in a very different way, you right. know, from the way we're raising our own kids, right? Okay. And, you know, I always joke, I, you know, I, I want to be one of my kids when I grow up. You know, or I want to be one of my dogs. My dogs are even right. more spoiled. And, mm. and and to your point, you know, you need to, you know, diversity 
you know, inclusion, equity, it needs to be provided across both genders, period. And and okay. your, you know, your newer generations, we just did a study in partnership with Deloitte on Gen Zers. And if we thought millennials mm-hmm. were even more focused on integrating life and work, you see it even more so with Gen Zers. Right? Like like ten thousand percent more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that as an organization, <laughs> like you need to be socially minded and committed, right? It can't just be selling a product or a service and making money. You've got to be giving back to society, you know, to the world. And you need to be providing, you know, that culture that is supportive of all individuals, regardless of gender, generation, ethnicity, sexual orientation, you know, you name it. So to your point, we are absolutely seeing those shifts in corporate perspectives towards supporting men and women. And and like I said, multiple other dynamics. Sarah, let me let me let me let me go ahead. Let me throw let me throw a crazy stat at you. so we, we 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 partner with Spotify, obviously, uh, for many things. And uh, awesome company, right? Yeah. So Spotify <laughs> did this huge study on Gen Z that they sent uh, us as part of our partnership. And one of the takeaways I got from this study was the, in, it was crazy. Seventy three percent of Gen Z wants to rebuild the establishment from the ground up. Right, they're Ooh. they're they're done trying to play within the construct of what exists totally now, and yeah. wants to completely just start over. Like it doesn't yeah. work. Let's rebuild it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Well, it it no, it's so interesting because in, in in our study as well, and I and I need to get my hands on that study from you, Ryan. Okay. Um, <laughs> it it the 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 fascinating thing to me was, and we did this study. It was like two years ago, but two key things that jumped out. One was um, Gen Zers didn't want to be working from home. They actually wanted to go into work. <laughs> And wow. and so yeah now okay so that clearly didn't happen this past year but <laughs> they wanted the they wanted the community now at the same time they would be sitting there with you know their earbuds in completely ignoring each other and not communicating <laughs> but they wanted that community um and then the second was they wanted to go to a company and you know they wanted to do marketing And then the following year, they wanted to do finance. And then the following year, they wanted you to train them to be a programmer, a computer programmer. So they they wanted a nice long and wide runway. But but to your point, they didn't want to follow the confines of, oh, I join as a marketing trainee and then I become a marketer and then a senior marketer and then a manager. You know, they wanted to really expand their skills and to your point, really rebuild that that whole journey. And and so, yeah, very interesting. So, um, Tracy, I'm going to loop back. Number two, you said working for a man versus working for a woman. Right. I would say a couple of things. One, I always... I was always very intentional and strategic in who I wanted to work for. And it was less about gender. Mm-hmm. It was more about what am I going to learn from this person? And and my um, husband um, always gives this great advice to students. He's a, a professor at University of Chicago. But he says, take the professor. Don't take the class. Don't take the topic. Take the professor. 
because mm-hmm. you want to go and 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 you know and learn and be inspired from that person and you know and it could be a class on buddhism which which i did take in college mm-hmm. and i loved it but take the professor because that person has that impact on you right And um, so for me, I've always tried to find that next role with that next boss that I knew would challenge me, that would develop me, you know, that would inspire me. Um, So I never really kind of looked at gender or avoided a gender. Um, I would also say, though, that um, where it probably does happen, where women have had a negative experience with the female bosses, the sad reality is as much as we need male allies, we need female allies too, right? And yeah. so you yeah. don't, oftentimes you find, you know, a, a female leader and, and not as much more recently, but in the past, right. you know, as I look back in my career, women finally make it up to that C-suite rank and they got to hold on to it. And so they feel competitive and threatened by so another female. Line that could, yeah, that could potentially, you know, derail or, or dethrone them. And you, you hear that infamous Madeleine Albright, you know, quote of special place in hell for women who don't help women, you know? Yeah. And, and so, you know, my, sadly, my take is, I think when that happens, it's because these, these, these women feel so vulnerable that, and they don't have the confidence in their own ability and, and their own situation that right. they they can't necessarily put themselves out on behalf of another female. Um, mm. and, and hopefully that's changing, you know, and that's what news all about. You know, we, we are here to say, hey, female male leader, you have to be an ally and you have to be there for other people because when they succeed, we all succeed. You there know? you go. And so, yeah. I say there's a small, p- hey guys, I want to pause the show for just a second because I want to talk about this really cool app called Stereo. I've been using it for a little while now and man, it's pretty cool. It's a live broadcast social platform that enables people to have real conversations in real time. The app allows podcast creators to build an intimate relationship with their fan base by engaging them in direct conversations. Listeners can literally record a question, send it in while we're doing the live directly to us and we can answer those questions and engage in real time. It's really cool. I've been using the app for a couple of weeks now. I've done a couple of variants uh, on it with some random people and I've met people. I've already got some followers. So it is a really cool application and there's so much diverse content on there. You'll always find something to listen to. Finding Your Frequency is excited to offer our listeners a new way to interact. Join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time for a live show on the Stereo app. You can download the free Stereo app and select Finding Your Frequency We're verified right there on Stereo, so you can connect with us whenever we're live. Stay tuned for more details on how to engage with us on Stereo at the end of today's episode. Go to www.stereo.com forward slash Radio Ryan 1. Again, www.stereo.com forward slash Radio Ryan 1. Once you get in there, make sure you start following me. You'll start to check it out. And again, we got the shows that we're going to be doing every Friday at 2 o'clock. Pacific time on the stereo app place in hell for people who don't help people period. Yeah. yeah. Amen. You know what I mean? Right? Like, amen. Yeah. Totally agree. I'm, yeah, I want to read, it, I wanna read a quote for um, the, the, the servant leaders manifesto, which is written by Omar Harris. Uh, oh, I love it. Leadership today is outmoded and ill-suited to activate and engage the most diverse workforce in history. 
This is why leaders capable of inspiring, engaging, aligning, coaching, and coaxing out individual and team brilliance are more in need than ever before. Yeah. Yeah. That it's spot on. <laughs> I just read right? this. I just read this book too. It was like the most amazing book. It's called The Servant Leader's okay. Manifesto by Omar L. Harris. Um, Ooh, I love it. Yeah, no, it, it that that speaks to me because it it you know I learned early on in my career you know um, humility, <laughs> vulnerability, humility. Right, they go hand in hand. That you know. The, the humble leader is going to be the more successful leader because they're going to say, hey, I will never know it all. I'll never be exactly. able to do it all. And so I'm going to surround myself with people who are smarter than me and who who I know I will only be as successful as what they get done. You know, so I need exactly. to, you know, I need to make sure that I give full credit but take full blame, <laughs> you know, when needed. And so I, I feel that the spirit of that in, in what you just shared, um, Ryan, that, you know, you've got to surround yourself with just yeah. this incredible team. And, and, and I'm blessed in that I have that. I've, I've told my yeah. team, I've told my team numerous times, like, um, I feel like, yes, I'm their, you know, quote unquote manager or supervisor, right? In, 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 in a leadership role of overseeing what they do on a daily basis and making sure that our projects are getting done, you know, but I've always told them like, you know, if, if, uh, if anything ever happens where, you know, there's an issue, I'll go to bat for you just like you're my kid, you know, right. um, exactly. you know, and, and I'll never ask anybody to do anything that I'm not willing to do myself. You know, and right. I think I think a lot of times that's where, you know, leadership kind of gets, you know, a chink in the armor, so to speak. It's just, you mm -hmm. know, you, you have somebody saying, you know, I need you to go do this. But, um, you know, has the leader put thought into how it's going to get done? Uh, what's the timeline on it? You know, it's just like, you know, they bark orders rather than, you know, taking a step back and actually contemplating what you're asking somebody to do to provide them the tools, the resources, mm -hmm. all those different things that they need. And I think th those types of thoughts and realities are, you know, the idea and kind of small line basis of what servant leadership is, right? You're, you're, you're a leader, but you're also serving, you know, those, those people that are underneath you, it's, um, you kind of work for them a little bit, right? You know, you, right. you, you, you need to make sure that they have the things that they need. You know, it's not always the relationship of, you know, here is a task list and I am your task master. If you don't get this done and you know, like, I, I feel like that's how the Amazon assembly line works. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, and if you go in, if you go into work every day and that's your mindset and mentality, you're going to get, you know, high rates of turnover with your employees. Um, you know, you're going to have stress. Uh, your business isn't going to grow. Um, you know, I, I, I like the whole idea of what Richard Branson had always said was, you know, um, you know, pay your people well enough that they want to stay and treat them well enough that they want to stay and teach them well enough um, that they know knowledge to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. but you're paying them and treating them well enough that they don't and they won't, you know, because a lot right. of times I don't think that, yeah. um, you know, human beings or employees, they don't, they don't quit jobs. They quit people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I can't work for this guy. I love the company, but I can't work for this guy or this girl, whatever the case may be. Uh, and yeah. I think that's really where it starts from that servant leadership position. And it's extremely important for people to understand that, um, you know, especially with, 
you know, the diverse workforce that we have, right? I mean, uh, you know, Tracy's like a, a boom X something. I don't know. You know, I'm like a... I'm like a Gen X millennial kind of person. And, you know, then you have regular millennials and Gen Z all in the workplace. So you have this extremely diverse generational gaps in the workforce that, you know, cause leaders to really pay attention to what exactly are you communicating? How are you communicating with? Because, you know, I had a Gen Z in the office that was here for like the last year and you're exactly right. She sat in her cubicle all day long with headphones on and I couldn't even go talk to her. You know, and that's just yeah. the way that she communicated. Now, if I grabbed my phone from my office and I shot her a text message, I would get a text message back in like 10 seconds. On know? it, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I think that's also uh, an important component of the whole servant leadership thing is identifying and understanding how different subsets of groups of human beings communicate mm -hmm. and 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 you being able to pivot and work with the person yeah. and not necessarily say this is company protocol on how you're supposed to communicate because you know that's just not going to work today <laughs> yeah no absolutely and 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 you you know you know a couple of things in response to that um you know two of the things that new has been encouraging all of our members and our corporate partners to do but one is to create a reverse mentoring program so we we you know built out a framework we're you know spreading it out amongst our regions and our corporate partners but i myself got assigned a reverse mentor and you know and i'll put it out there i'm i'm 55 years young <laughs> um but i you know partnered with a a younger leader who's in her i think early 20s and this was just at the start of covid and i had not dabbled in TikTok yet and so the first thing I said was, okay, you are going to teach me TikTok. And so we took an hour right. and okay, now I'm just, you know, addicted, <laughs> you know, <laughs> every night, you know, looking at my dog and cat, you know, TikToks, but she and I have met on a regular basis. Um, she uh, plays a role in the company um, where she works, where she is focused on technology, but particularly robotics. So I've had her educating me on AI and robotics and the role it plays in the business world. But there's 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 so much to be gained from you know creating a formal or structured reverse mentoring type program. At an even higher level, though, it's really about and this is the second thing we're we're, we're um, advocating is diversify your network, right? So diversify your network, surround yourself with people of different generations, of different ethnicities, of different genders, um, you know, sexual orientations and communities. You need to diversify your perspective. You know, you need to educate yourself in how people are thinking and feeling differently. And um, and that's why, you know, we're we're focused primarily this 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 past couple of years on it was newer generations, you know, better understanding and serving newer generations, women of color, um, mm -hmm. you know, and now we're, we're incredibly focused on developing male allies because it's not a female thing, you know, no, when not. you focus on gender equality. And so we need to really appreciate and better understand and, and engage and support men who do want to step up like yourselves and make you feel comfortable doing it. Um, so I love what you said, Ryan. It's it's it, it really is about you need to diversify your perspective. Yeah, and I love the fact that you're doing that reverse mentorship. Um, Simon Sinek, 
I follow him a lot on LinkedIn. Um, he talked about mentorship one time a while back. I, I listened to this post and it was very interesting. He was talking about the mentor that he had when he was coming up. And he said he didn't actually get a mentor in the traditional sense. He found out that in actuality, the mentor chose him because of what he was learning from him, not the other way around. Yeah, and so I love it. in time, as he grew in this relationship, he discovered that he, he found this out from his mentor. He said, so why is it that you, you chose me to mentor? He says, um, well, actually, I'm learning from you. <laughs> says, I had something <laughs> to learn from you. Therefore, that's yeah. how this relationship went. The fact that you picked up something as you went along, <laughs> that's nice. But I was learning from you. And I was just like, wow. I mean, and I had this, that made me kind of stop and think about the mentorships that I'd had in the past. I said, did I choose them or did they choose me? You know? And I had to really think about that. I'm like, okay. So obviously the ones that I had that I considered my best mentors, they were learning something from me because I was the one that was asking the question that nobody was asking or pointing out the elephant in the room saying, what are we doing about that? And they go, oh yeah. So let's, <laughs> mm-hmm. let's, let's brainstorm about that and see what we're going to do about that. And then before I knew it, they were kind of became my mentor. They were my go-to person when I had a question because I knew that they were going to listen to me. But after hearing Simon, I realized that all those times I went to them to talk to them about a question I had, I was opening their eyes to things that they weren't aware of and things that they hadn't thought about. And I was bringing a different perspective to it. And that in actuality, we were mentoring each other because I was making them aware of things they weren't thinking about. Yeah, And, it, and, that, it, and that's important. Oh. Like, Tracy, what you just said about, you know, um, bringing up things that nobody else had thought about um, and and back to what Sarah said earlier, uh, Mm -hmm. that's the reason why your workforce needs to be so diverse of 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 multi-generational, multicultural, because everybody sees things from a different light. And if your country, uh, your your country, if your company represents your country, right, or represents your area, um, right, then it's a lot easier for you to solve problems because you're getting perspectives from all kinds of different, uh, 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 you know, viewpoints that are very important. Uh, You know, I I, I love, I I love our Gen Z people that work in the engineering room, you know, that are young and spunky and, you know, always like, (laughs) you know, why why do we do this this way? What if we did it like this, you know, and they're throwing their ideas. You know, because I'm a, I'm a people process, you know, technology person. That's my thing. People process technology. People process yeah. technology. And when one of my people comes up and questions my process, I'm like, that's awesome. Right. When yeah. other bosses yeah. will be like, no, this is how we do it. We've done it this way forever. You know, and I think that's the killer of all companies is the idea of saying we've done it this way. Let's continue. It, it, it's, it's always worked this way. Let's continue doing it like that. Like that's the killer of yeah. innovation. That's the killer of companies. That, yeah. that that's like, oh, if I go to somebody and I go, hey, can we try this? And they go, oh no, I'm not going to do that because this is how we do it. I'm like, we can't work together. Yeah. Well. Well. And if and and, yeah. and if there's anything we learned, and oh my goodness, we all had how many lessons this past year? Is that you? You've got to pivot, right? You've got to change. You've got to adapt, and you've got to be open. You know, to that, to that, that's you know, the, that's diverse the word of the day, pivot perspective, right? Yeah, I know. My kids yell at me every time I use it. They're like, "You can't use it." Um, no, it, it, I think that the the one thing I would add on, like it, it, I, you know, we love love, and it's been wildly popular, the reverse mentoring framework. But the other thing, if you look at successful companies, what they've done is they've created um, this open culture to feedback, right? And and right. and they've sought 
this feedback, right? They've made it a safe place for people to be transparent and open and frank. And they've created advisory boards, right? But they haven't put the problems, or, so, so in other words, they haven't made these advisory boards own these problems and how to solve them. Mm-hmm. And so particularly when you look at all of the, 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 the prioritization now of supporting the BIPOC community, what's so key is it's not their problem to fix, right? It's, it's the systemic issues that exist in these corporate organizations. And it's, it's, it's that CEO, it's that set of leaders that they need to step up, but they need to solicit that feedback and that advice and that guidance. But it's that leadership team that has got to be providing the solutions and taking action. And, you know, so within new, I've I got to practice what I preach, right? So we've created a, a new gen advisory board and we created a women of color advisory board. And we're now in the process of developing a male ally community. And I am looking to all of them as the sounding board. I'm coming up with the solutions and then I'm using them to say, hey, this fits the bill. You know, this hits the mark, but I'm not putting the responsibility on their shoulders. And that's what's so key, you know, because you you hear, you know, particularly in, in the BICOC community, how emotionally exhausting it is that it, it, don't make me tell my story again. Don't make me own that problem. You know, partner with me and take the lead and fix it for me and with me. And and so, you know, gosh, if I leave, you know, this audience with anything, you know, I implore you, <laughs> you know, as leaders, as servant leaders, as we've been talking about that, you know what, you need to step up and take action and lead and 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 lead on behalf of these other individuals. I think I, agree. You, I think you just coined the title for this episode. Step up and take action. Boom. Yes. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, seriously. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I, the only time anybody should be looking backwards is to see how far you've come, right? Yeah. Something, something, exactly. something that I, 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 I wholeheartedly yeah. live by. You know, uh, if you make a pivot, you're going left or right. You're not going backwards, right? If you, if you pivot and make a step forward, you're still making forward progress, right? Uh, and so, stepping yeah. up and taking action is. Uh, I think the key phrase in all aspects of life and in business, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're not stepping up and taking action, then what are you doing here in the first place? Like get out of the building. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, or can I add on one thing? If you do look back, it's to make sure you haven't left anybody behind. Boom. Yeah, that's true. Right. But right. remember here, here, here's another thought. Remember the wolf leads from the back. Oh, wow, that's interesting. So the leader of the pack of wolves leads from the back of the pack. So then he's, he's ne- orchestrating and directing. Correct. And never looking behind because everybody he needs is always in front of him. All right. Can, can I, Ryan, we're just like building on each other. I'm going <laughs> to add to that. So, you know, those, those infamous dog sleds. Yeah. Yeah. You know, who are the leaders? The ones the in the women. back. The females. The, dog. the female dogs. The females. Oh. Yep. Yeah. They put all the men in the back and they put all the female dogs in the front. That's amazing. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And you're you're talking to a guy who was uh, raised by a single mom and didn't have a stepfather figure until I was 10 years old. 
My father Sorry. passed away when I was 15. I have a daughter. Sorry. I'm I'm married to a woman. We have four female dogs. <laughs> uh, you know, when so I you are in touch. You are yeah. in touch with your feminine side. I love it. Yeah. I try to be. I try to be. I try to be. But I'm also I'm also like, you know, navy guy, you know, karate guns, yeah. you know, kind of guy too, but uh, Oh, I love that. No. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate you good being on the show, you being on the show today. I think this was uh, an amazing conversation, and for oh, those of yeah. you who are tuning in, you know, uh, make sure to give us a great rating on Spotify, Apple, uh, all those other places. Uh, give us five stars because we're five star human beings. <laughs> no, Ryan and Tracy, I it, it was my joy and pleasure to be here today, and I and I want to thank you both for allowing me to share. Our, our new story. And for those who are interested after hearing the story today, you can find all the details and sign up as a member or corporate partner at newonline.org. And we've got just a plethora of content and um, uh, curriculum and virtual. Everything is virtual. So please come Sweet. check us out and join new. Excellent. And step up Excellent. and take action. <laughs> Step up and take action. Take I action. love it. Love it. That's it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuned in to Finding a Frequency right here on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Uh, make sure you stay tuned uh, later on today because we're going to do an after party on Stereo.com forward slash Radio Ryan One. Uh, so make sure you check us out there on Stereo every Friday at three or four o'clock Arizona time. Sometimes it's three, sometimes it's four. It just depends on my availability of guests. But definitely check us out on there. Uh, and I want to make sure you guys go to findingfrequency.net and then you can follow me all over the interwebs at Radio Ryan One, just about everywhere. Uh, even on TikTok, I just joined. So thank you for that. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only person that's obsessed with TikTok. I just like got into it like a week ago uh, and I already have like 15 followers I'm I'm, I'm all impressed uh, so cooking. make sure you check us out over there Tracy Motley our special uh, guest uh, co-host for today executive producer extraordinaire Tracy thank you for joining us on the show today as well uh, and everybody make sure you tune in every Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel uh, where we bring you more insights about how people found their frequency in life and in business. I'm Ryan Treasure. Thank you for tuning in. Have a fantastic Friday. Hey, what's up, everybody? So glad you tuned into the show today. What a great show it is. Like I said earlier in the show at the end, I was going to give you some more information on our live stereo session on the stereo app. Stereo app users can engage with the platform to listen in, seek out topics, and join conversations about issues and ideas that interest them. There is no lack of content on that application. You can flip through many conversations, ask questions, join ones, make your own, wide-ranging topics on stereo. Comedy, pop culture, lifestyle, sports, business, technology. The app can be downloaded for free by Apple and Android users. Once users download the app, they'll be able to create an avatar and a profile. <laughs> I had so much fun making my avatar. It was super cool. Users can submit the audio messages to hosts of conversations to join those conversations in real time. Finding Your Frequency will have a live audience interactive episode on Stereo. We're going to be doing this every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on the Stereo app. Again, Finding Your Frequency is going to be having a live audience interactive episode every week, Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. We're going to do question and answers. We're going to talk about technology. We're going to talk about business. We're going to talk about marketing. We're going to talk about 
how people found their frequency in life and in business and why they decided to do what they do and take questions from people that are listening to the show and allow you guys to engage with us. And I really hope to see you on Stereo. Again, Stereo.com forward slash Radio Ryan 1 live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. So again, come to Stereo.com forward slash Radio Ryan 1. Once you get in there, follow me and make sure you guys tune into the show. Thanks for listening.